Are you taking on a new management role? Do you know what to say in your first conversations with members of the team? In today's episode, you'll discover seven things to ask the people you'll be managing. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 102. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help people be better leaders through improved communications, human relations, and personal productivity. And today we're going to look at how we can be better communicators, better managers, and ultimately better leaders by starting off on the right foot. Received a question a few weeks ago from a community member about how people development is being done in their organization through uh, not the most ideal way. And it got me thinking about what's the what's the way to actually start off on the right foot when you're taking over management of a new team. And so I invited Bonnie in today to have a dialogue about that. So I'm going to go to that conversation here in just a moment. Before I do, though, I do have an important announcement at the end of the show about your subscription to the podcast here and continuing to get it because we have changed some things on the technology and feeds and directories as far as downloading the podcast. It's already affected some of you in this last week, and I apologize for that. I didn't anticipate that. So I have a couple of announcements. So um, be sure to stick around for the last few minutes of the show so that you get that announcement and you know how to keep getting the show if you've had any, any difficulty with that in the last week and most importantly, so you get it going forward. And with that, let's jump right into the conversation with Bonnie. Okay, someone said on show number 100 that they were always happy when Bonnie was on the show. She's back, baby. And speaking of babies, I'm glad you're both here. (laughs) Thanks for coming to the studio. (laughs) It's nice for both of us to be here. Ah, there's an intro, huh? Mm -hmm. We are having another baby, if you didn't catch that on episode 100. I'm so glad you're back on the show. It's been like way too long. Yeah, we had some really good guests, so I've been enjoying listening. I know. It's been fun, but I'm really glad you're back. And so we've got a great uh, topic to chat about today because we received some feedback from a listener, I guess about three or four weeks ago, about uh, working with a team of people that were um, they're trying to do this performance management system in their organization. And the way this is kind of all played out is there's a rule that anytime anyone needs to have a conversation about performance management is that there has to be a document and someone has to fill it out and keep an official record. And we were dialoguing about that. And I was thinking, wow, you know, that's kind of just very, very different than how I think you would normally want to have a conversation about managing people and engaging people and helping people to develop. And so we thought that it'd be fun to put together a show today and to talk about how we, uh, what would be some things that we'd ask people that we're going to start managing? And this is actually based on an article I wrote about six months ago. It was a really popular article on the site. And so uh, today, seven things to ask the people that you'll be managing. And uh, I think we've got some good ideas here that will help you when you're stepping into a management role on what to do first. So I'm going to start off here. Number one, good question to begin with. This is actually, Bonnie, my favorite question to ask people when I meet them either when I've uh, taken over a team, which I've done a few times, or um, more recently, it's been working with clients, is how did you come to work here? 
And I'm just amazed at the responses that come from this question. Um, when you, uh, you know, when you take the time to really just genuinely ask someone and be curious about how they came to work there, I mean, people have amazing stories. I have heard some incredible stories over the years of uh, really intentional reasons of how a person came to work for the job that they're in and how they plan for years to be in that position. And then I've heard totally crazy stories of how someone just randomly ended up in that job or with that organization or with that company uh, because they had this career and then they had that career and they went into education and they became a lawyer. And I, I have one client I'm thinking in particular who went to you know, went to the Air Force, then became a lawyer, and now is doing process planning. All kinds of crazy things happen to people. And it's really just fun to get to know someone that way and just to start off a relationship by learning their background and learning what's been you know, what their path has been. And I just think that's really neat to find out about people. So that's, that's the first suggestion is to uh, talk to people about how they, how they came to work here. The next one is to tell me what you do for the team. And of course, you know, when we take over as managers, most companies today are going to have some form of job description. Most, <laughs> not all, not for all. sure, no. but most, but that's not even what we're talking about here. We really, it's not just someone's title or what a piece of paper says somewhere, but we really want to dive in and not just see how the organization has defined their role, but how they perceive it themselves. And I think it's especially important to kind of listen to cues about how this person can or cannot connect what they do to the mission of the organization. Are they able to see those interconnections? And then I, I don't want to just listen to what they say, but I also want to listen for what's not being said. And mm. that's a lot of sort of insight that we can get to just what gets left out and kind of how they position, how they feel about their role, how they feel about the importance of really what the company does. There's a professor that Dave and I had back when we were getting our doctorates. And I will never forget, he talked about a medical a equipment device maker here in Orange County that makes something having to do with uh, people's hearts. Oh, remember. yeah. I sort of vaguely remember this. Yeah. And they have a wonderful annual company meeting where they will have people come in and share stories of lives that have been saved from the devices that they make. Yes. I do and remember. I mean, on the surface, you can go on a company's website and see their mission. And obviously a medical device maker, we save, I mean, it's, you can kind of maybe have a potential, or at least I've seen, because I, I have worked with some organizations that have a medical slant to them, and you can kind of see people getting really process-oriented and sort of forgetting about that. But from everyone who mops the floors in that manufacturing plant all the way up to the executives, everyone gets to go and hear those from the heart specific stories of lives that were saved and then the families and just how transformative what they do is. And so I think we can learn a lot from having people tell what they do for a team. And it is interesting, and you mentioned this, that people often do not say the things that are on the job description. They'll mention those things, but it is really interesting to hear what someone talks about more, what really lights up their eyes, what they're excited about. And and also what maybe they don't mention that's part of their job. And that can really give you a lot of good information as a manager coming yeah. in about what that person really is passionate about, what would what will engage them, what maybe even they want to do more of or less of. And that can really inform some decisions you might make down the road. Yeah. How rigid are they? That's not my job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's not what my job description says. Not ever something any of us want to utter in our careers, no, but sometimes people no. do. But it's good it's good to hear that up front and to know what you're yeah. walking into. And and if you 
a dialogue with a person, sometimes you get a good sense of that right away. Next is another question about the team. We're going to ask what's working on the team and what isn't. Mm. So yeah, this is kind of a classic question. almost like, what are your strengths and weaknesses? But this really gives us a lot of insight into how they perceive things. And these conversations should be taking place, by the way, this is a one-on-one kind of thing. You're building trust. And speaking of building trust, if you're a new manager, it's very likely that there's not going to be a lot of trust there. It's just natural. Some people have a tendency to trust others until they're given a reason not to. And some people tend to not trust people until they're given a reason to. So we have to recognize people come with all sorts of different ways of relating and how much they are or are not willing to trust. And so we're, we're, this is not the first time, or excuse me, it's not the only time that we're going to ask this question, but we're going to start to develop some initial insight and see how those answers really differ as we talk to different people on the team. All right. So let's go on to number four. How does this job fit into your career objectives? You know, we want to figure out how people are aligned with their overall goals their career objectives, because to the extent as a manager that we can help support people to get toward their larger career objectives, whatever those may be, that's going to really help us to uh, talk with them and align their work with things that are going to be long-term really beneficial to them. And I think one of the things that oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes as managers, when we get into that position, we've often had a little more experience than the people we're managing. That's not always the case, but we have had some experience, we've had some perspective. And so we have the ability sometimes to see the opportunities of people doing the work they're doing and how that can lead to future opportunities for them that they may not see by virtue of the role that they're in. So to the extent that we know what some of their long-term objectives are, and then we know the work that they do on a day-to-day basis, we can help them to make those connections. I actually think it's one of the really important roles of a manager, Bonnie, is to get to help people to make those connections and to help them to understand that career path. At the same time, it also is good to know the realities of why people are there. And I've, I know people who have communicated this to me as clients and even as a manager, you know, I'm here for the paycheck, you know, and that's, that's why I'm here. And that's the thing that's motivating to me. And, you know, that's not always the thing you want to hear as a manager, but it's also a good thing to know in advance because, um, you don't spend a lot of time trying to motivate them necessarily in things that aren't drivers for them. So I, I really do want to know to the extent that I can, like, what is it that really motivates them? Why do they want to be here? What is it What is it that, you know, how does this fit into what they want to do long-term? And almost always, almost always, there's some aspect of the job, even if it isn't that their entire job, that really can lead to their larger objectives. So if I know those, that can help me to really align in that way. And and speaking of alignment, you know, one of the other things that I think is really important is the fifth question here, Bonnie, is what keeps you busy outside of work? I think all of us should know something personally non, non-work related about the people that we manage and the people we work with. I actually stole this question from John Reed. Do you remember that from a while back? Uh, he was our one of our pastors a while ago. We had um, I was a greeter at our church for many years, and one of the questions that he would ha- we'd, we'd always have conversations about what's the best way to have dialogue with someone when they show up at church for the first time, and what are some good questions to ask? And he always said uh, a good question to ask is what keeps you busy during the week. 
because that's a question that people can answer however they want. They don't mm-hmm. have to talk about family. They don't have to talk about their jobs. If they're unemployed, if they have you know a poor relationship, they can really answer that question really generally however they choose to. So they could talk about work. They could talk about their family. They could talk about hobbies. And so I like to ask the question, I've adapted this a little bit to just say, what keeps you busy outside of work? And that way, you know, I think a lot of times people are very well-meaning as managers. They say, oh, tell me about your family or tell me about the, tell me about your kids. And not everybody has a family. Not everybody has kids. And so you can really get the relationship off to the wrong start by asking about something that could be pretty sensitive. But if you can learn something about what they're passionate about, maybe it is their family. Maybe it is a sports team that they really have a passion for. Maybe it is... Uh, maybe it's just an organization that they enjoy attending. I know there's times in my career that I followed sports teams that I had no interest in myself, but I knew someone that I worked with had a real passion for it. And so I would look up how they did on the weekend. And then I, I asked them about the game, right? Say something about it the next time I saw them and people really would, would know and appreciate that. And, uh, and that's something that if we can take a little bit of time and effort to do, uh, people are going to be a lot more likely to engage with us. This next one really resonates with me and I I don't know I don't know that I've actually ever been asked this question but I should Oh, you haven't? I, I thought maybe I stole this from you at some point. I have asked it of others. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I don't I don't know that I've ever been asked, but I, I it really resonates with me. So I should tell you listeners cuz you're probably in your car going, "Get to it already." Get to what the point. <laughs> what advice do you have for me on how to best work with you? And we've talked about this book before on the program. It's called Drive and Drive by Daniel Pink. Daniel Pink, who was on the show. (laughs) Yeah. And and he talks about a real motivator kind of universally speaking for many people is autonomy. And for me, that's a really big one. And when I read this one, it sort of cracks me up because I used to work for this organization many moons ago that was a department of about 50 people or so and and was in a very, very, uh, looked like an airline hangar kind of shaped building. So it was very difficult to, it wasn't set up well to have a lot of interconnections and interrelations in the department. And then culturally, it also wasn't a lot of collaboration. And I'm a collaborator too. So it was difficult for me because when we're not collaborating, then it's, we just don't pass by each other. I'm not a coffee drinker. So there's no, and in fact, I think there were multiple coffee pots too. So it's like, how are you going to run into one of your colleagues who you really could benefit the organization better if you were collaborating more? You kind of had to force those things. So there was a cultural norm there that every time people, the the people who were in management director level positions, every time they would leave their office, they'd put a sticky note of where they went. Hmm. And it, it wasn't just it wasn't just a large department, but it was also a very large organization. And so if they're going, you know, to have to go get in their car for a meeting or something, they'd still put a sticky note there, which really sort of irked me a little bit because I'm a big electronic calendar person, as you know, Dave. So I thought it's, so it's on my calendar. If I'm not here, you could see where I am. Right. And the whole sticky, it just, it didn't work because it really kind of was a very big sort of clash with my need for autonomy. And I knew that, and I still remember sort of the culminating thing where I just sort of was thinking, oh, this is really not a good fit. I mean, I was there actually for a number of years after this, but it was kind of like, I'm going to have to figure out different ways to adapt was that I had I had a colleague who I really needed to collaborate with, but who was just so closed. And I had been down on the other end of the aircraft carrier and 
had actually made a connection that this is great. And then actually got to sit down in her office and have some dialogue. And I thought, Oh, I mean, it sounds so normal, but it just didn't happen very much between the two of us. Mm. So I was really thankful for the opportunity and kind of excited. And I remember walking down that long stretch, coming back thinking, oh, okay, I can see some hope here. I, there's been so much closed off and culturally. And then with this person specifically, I thought, okay, we can do this. And then got back and the administrative assistant for the person who I reported to said, where have you been? There was no sticky note. Where where have you been? We've been looking all over for you. And I thought, it's awesome. I didn't even leave the building. I just, it's, I, yeah, this is not, what if I had gone to the bathroom and I had issues or something? Like, am I, how would I have known that in advance to leave a sticky note or something? And so at any rate, I, I really think this is an important question to ask because if there are frictions, I mean, maybe you're the kind of manager who needs to, for whatever reason in your capacity, have greater access to where people are. If they're down the aircraft or having a longer conversation, you're going to want to know. First of all, I, kind of would argue that that may not be the best approach, but we'll talk about that in another show. Yeah, but yeah. but at any rate, to know where they're, they're, where your strengths as a leader are going to align really well. And if there's something small where you can really help motivate and, and bring out the best potential in what someone else has to offer, because I really felt like in that case, I really did have a lot and I did end up contributing a lot to that organization. I feel good about my time there. And just imagine when you can actually help fuel someone's passion to being able to do that. And as a leader, when instead of getting in other people's ways, that we can actually help them remove some barriers to accomplishing the goals that they've set out as well as we've set out with them in collaboration. Yeah, I, it's just it's so important to know like how people can work with you. And if you can get some perspective on that up front it's it's great it's so much better to be able to align with people with where they are because i think we tend to manage the way we like to be managed most of us and mm-hmm. so we don't think about what how the other person would really prefer to be talked with or communicated to or managed and and that actually leads right to question 7 which is uh, and this is not the first question asked by the way this is maybe even a second or third conversation but uh, one thing that I've asked before, and and I've also appreciated, and I think I've even had once or twice in my career, someone's asked me this on the front end of a relationship, is if I ever have an issue with something you're doing, what's the best way to tell you? So I like that question because it sets a few expectations right up front. One, it sets the expectation that if you have an, if I have an issue with something you're doing, that we're going to communicate about it in some way. So it's not just like I'm going to let things go. I also like that it sets the expectation that you know we're not going to have a perfect relationship all the time. We're going to run into roadblocks on occasion. And when we do, let's kind of get the elephant out of the room in the way early and talk about what's the best way to dialogue about that and you know what's the best way to communicate about that. And so I don't ask this because I want someone to say, well, don't talk to me. <laughs> I ask because I want to really want to learn like what's the best way to approach you if something's not going right. And I found that um, for for me at least, that this is really helpful. And then when you get to that point, inevitably at some point where you have to have some sort of feedback conflict, it's not a big deal and it's it's a much easier road to take. It's never easy, but it's a much easier road to take and it's a much easier conversation to engage in. This reminded me of yesterday, our little guy, Luke, our son had, a, no, it wasn't yesterday. It was a couple of days ago, Wednesday, uh, had a fall. 
at the swimming pool. And it was one of those things where he cut his lip and I can only imagine, I wasn't there, but, but I could only imagine the amount of blood that must've been gushing out of this poor little kid. He's fine. Everybody just so you know. Oh yes. But I mean, it's one of those, I'm sure parents out there listening or people who have worked in lifeguard capacities or whatever, a small cut can really produce a lot of blood. So I imagine it must've looked worse than it actually was when it first happened. We have someone who takes care of him a few afternoons a week and she was telling me about it afterward because of course any of us that love on kids never want to see them hurt so I mean it was hard for her it was hard for all of us because you just don't want to see him hurt so she was describing the situation to me and she is also a trained lifeguard and and had been at the pool she was not obviously working in that capacity but kind of first aid certified and all all of that she kind of knew what to do but she said she was thinking about us and she thought okay they would want to know sooner rather than later at the same time, I know Bonnie's sitting in a dentist chair. She is not going to be happy if I text her and there's nothing she can do. I mean, well, then we were then we were joking and laughing about me running out of the dentist office with like a little, she was a crown that they put in. So with like this little tooth dangling thing, but the crown hadn't been put in. It was just funny. I had a funny picture of me doing that. So that wasn't a good, because it wasn't like you said, he was fine. Yeah. So uh, it, it wouldn't have done any good had I left. Right. So, so, and then she said that she, I don't know if she told you this, but that she came back and didn't want you to walk in on that. You know, because uh, yeah. just would and and thought she'll send you a text, and I guess maybe you didn't see it at first or something. But no, I actually didn't see the text till later that night. I meant to ask, tell her about that, and yeah, so she came in and she's like, "Okay, so just want to let you know." <laughs> yeah, she so she sent you a text, and I remember she said the text said that uh, we're back, and and just something about Luke had a little fall, so that you knew, and I thought that was particularly insightful to how you work because. I thought, wow, that that you would want to know in advance. If not, I mean, if at all possible, mm-hmm. that just between the walk from you here out to be prepared for what you were about to see was better than kind of bursting into your office <laughs> with a particularly bloody child or something. <laughs> that would not have been, you know. I just thought, I thought although was, I would have taken over my Red Cross first aid. Oh, I knew you you would have been fine. It's not like you would have panicked or anything. But I really did think that that was almost the equivalent of her having those conversations with us in the past. Yeah, seeing how we're different. And really wanting to respect that, you know, because she still, even though you didn't get the text, she said she knew you were on the phone and still came in and interrupted you because she does know about both of us that we still would want to know as soon as reasonably possible. Yeah. You know, I think it's a, it's a great example, actually. And even though it's not a man, well, I guess, I mean, she works for us, so it's kind of a management, but it's, it's, we have had a lot of dialogue with her over the year as she's worked with us and cared for Luke. And we all know kind of what our expectations are. And so when something like that happens, and thankfully this was just, a, ended up being a really minor thing, um, we all have a sense of like, what's the right way to communicate with each other? And I think that that's really, I think it's a really important point for all of us as leaders too, is the time to talk about some of these things is not in the midst of conflict. It's to figure out some of it in advance. And if you've had some of that good conversation, you've talked about some of these things openly, then when the conflict happens, you have a much smoother path or the situation happens. Otherwise, then you're trying to figure it out how you talk about conflict as you're having conflict. And that is never a good thing to do because it just just spirals out of control. Oh, I was just thinking about in terms of conflict in general, Dave and I recently finished reading a book about happy families. I don't remember the title. Oh, exactly. yeah. I think I'm going to I'm going to try and reach out to him and have him on the show. Okay. Um, it's a great 
it's so a Dave's going to bring up the title and then I'm going to tell you my story while he's doing that. So one of the things they talked about in the book is that most arguments happen in families between the hours of six and eight, which of course makes perfect sense because people are tired then <laughs> many people have gone through you know a long day of work or are caring for children or what have you it made perfect sense to me that that's when it happens but as we go through and we start to have different conflicts or in the case of of the thing with Luke it wasn't a conflict but that was really a crisis you know mini mini crisis of going back and reviewing if things didn't quite go as well as you would have hoped them to uh, then to be able to talk about it after the fact and say we can acknowledge oh I really appreciate in fact, I told her, I said, gosh, that was really insightful of you to send the text first. Dave does kind of do better mm-hmm. if he has a little head up, but heads up, but doesn't always, it's not like a hundred percent of the time it has to be there. But I, I was just complimenting her on how insightful that was and sort of reinforcing for her then what really went well. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see anything that I would have wanted her to do differently. So I didn't coach her on, you know, next time it would have been good to try this, but, but if that had been the case where I wanted her to do something different next time there was the opportunity and space to do that because we're reviewing continually. But as you said, not in the moment. The book is The Secrets of Happy Families by Bruce Feiler or Feeler. I'm not sure how he says his last name, but I'm uh, about a third of the way through it. And I think it's great. And I know you've enjoyed it a while. And I hope to have him on the show at some point, because I think that a lot of the principles talked about in this book, even though they are about family. I mean, so much about family is about leading well. And I'm a big believer leadership happens in every aspect of life. And so uh, this is a this is a great resource. So definitely uh, check it out. So stick around for a few announcements after the show and how to get in touch with us. Um, and especially about the hey, did you hear about the citrus challenge on the last episode, Bonnie? Did citrus you? Challenge. I listened to the oh, wait, the, what was the most recent episode? The uh, 101, the LinkedIn. I did. Yeah. I don't remember anything about a citrus. You, oh, the oranges. You yeah. Yes. You said citrus. I, you well, gotta say see, oranges. Yeah. See, I sort of renamed it during the week when I was talking to people over email and I realized some people had no idea what I was talking about. So it's now called the citrus challenge. I got confused because we buy a subscription for baby products from a company called Citrus Lane. We do. We did not get any compensation for what I just said. <laughs> this is not an advertisement, but it's a great product. It is cool and, stuff. And so I got confused when you said citrus. So it's yeah. No, you're you're probably not eligible anyway because you are related to yeah. the producer of the show. I read this great article about LinkedIn about about ways to improve your profile. So mine's doing pretty good. I, f- I feel good about you it. You have a great profile. That's why you would actually, you could get a honorary award, even though you're not technically eligible. Okay. You have a great LinkedIn profile. So folks should connect with you online. Oh, I'd love to hear from people. Cool. Hey, thanks for coming in. See both of you soon. Hey, leave a post-it note on the door when you <laughs> leave so I know where you went. Lots of ways you can join the conversation about today's topic as well, or anything else from this episode that you think is relevant for us to continue dialoguing about. You can go onto the website at coachingforleaders.com slash 102. That will take you to the notes from today's episode, all seven of the questions. And then just as importantly, if not more so, you can join the conversation at the bottom of the page there. And I encourage you to do so. And in particular, if you have another question that you think has is valuable or maybe one you've utilized when starting to manage a new team, I would love to hear about it, and I know other community members would too. So be sure to join the conversation there. You can also leave an audio message either on this topic or anything if you have a question that you'd like me to address in our next Q&A show. I actually have several questions 
coming in already for our next uh, upcoming segment here and hopefully another episode or two. So be sure to leave that as well. Coachingforleaders.com slash speak is the way to do that. Or you can call in at our listener feedback hotline. That number is 949-38-LEARN. And if you have something just for me, you can always reach me by email to feedback at coachingforleaders.com. I mentioned at the top of the show that I do have an update about your subscription to the show. And I apologize. I know a few of you were affected by this this past week. If I'd realized that was going to happen, I would have given folks a heads up by it. Um, Not to bore you with all the technical details, but uh, if you listen to podcasts, you probably know that there's an an address on the internet called a feed that is uh, something called an RSS feed that gets you your podcast episode each week for this show and any other podcast you subscribe to. And each each podcast has its own unique feed. Well, again, not to bore you with the details, but we've been using a free service from Google that a lot of people use in order to serve our feed for this show. And you may have noticed in the last few weeks that there's been a couple of times the show's come out a little later than normal. And that's actually because we've been having some trouble with our feed. And unfortunately, although the free service is simple, it's not supported by a lot of things from Google. And so we've decided to migrate to a different feed that will be a better solution long term. So this shouldn't affect most of you. And in fact, if you're listening through iTunes or Stitcher, uh, those feeds have supposedly been updated automatically already. They've been great about doing that for us. But there are a few community members who are on a couple of the popular networks you're going to want to take some action on. So if uh, in particular, if you're listening on a Windows phone or Windows device, or if you're a BlackBerry user, listen up, because this is going to affect you. Um, Our friends at Microsoft have actually been great and super responsive on updating our feed. However, the Windows platform is not designed to automatically change the subscription for current subscribers. So if you are subscribed to the show on a Windows phone, or uh, you happen to listen through an Xbox or something on the Windows platform, what I would suggest that you do is unsubscribe from the show and then resubscribe. And if you do that, that will reset the feed. The old feed is still going to work for a while. I just don't know how long, and depending on how that service progresses, um, we just like to get you on the new feed so that way you don't have to worry about continuing to get the show long-term. So again, if you're a Windows Phone user or use the Windows platform at all to listen to this show, just unsubscribe from the show in the directory and then resubscribe to it. And if you do that, that will reset the feed and you'll be on the new system. Now, those of you who use Blackberries, um, the Blackberry folks have just not been responsive to us at all as far as changing anything over time. In fact, this show used to be a long time ago. Some of you will remember the show used to be called Coaching Skills for Leaders. And on the BlackBerry network, it still is. Uh, we've submitted multiple requests to try and get it corrected with BlackBerry. And for whatever reason, I'm not sure if they're just not supporting changes in podcasts anymore or what the story is, but that's never been corrected. It's still the old you know, the old graphics and artwork for the show. So what I have done for our BlackBerry listeners is I've gone ahead and just created a new listing in the BlackBerry directory for the show that has the new feed because we just haven't heard back from them on being able to update the feed. So if you listen on a BlackBerry, I would also suggest that you unsubscribe from the show. However, what you're, when you resubscribe, you're going to want to search for Coaching for Leaders, the name of the show, not the old name for the show, which is what you may currently be subscribed to, which is Coaching Skills for Leaders. So again, you'll want to look as a BlackBerry user when you unsubscribe. Go ahead and search for the 
Coaching for Leaders episode or show rather and subscribe to that. Uh, you may see two of them. You know, choose the one that says Coaching for Leaders, and it's the graphics that have the colored little dots on them. If you see a person in the graphic, that's not the current one. So don't do Coaching Skills for Leaders. So that's just if you're on a BlackBerry. If you're on Stitcher, iTunes, or listening through any other uh, medium, it should update automatically. If at some point in the future, though, uh, the old feed goes down and, and your device you're listening on, you just stop getting the show. Know that it's not because the show stopped airing. So it's because probably you were still on the old feed. So the easiest way to do that is just unsubscribe and resubscribe, and then uh, you'll continue to get the show. So I just want to let you know about that. And I know a few of you had difficulty with that this week already. The old feed's still working, so I'm not sure why why uh, some people had difficulty. It's not your fault at all. It's something on our end. So I apologize for that. If you have any questions, feel free to drop me an email. But if you run into any trouble, just unsubscribe, resubscribe, and you will be good to go. And then one final reminder is the LinkedIn Citrus Challenge started last week. Episode 101 was all about how to improve your LinkedIn profile. So if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen. And the reminder from that episode is that if you want to join the challenge, you could win <laughs> win a box of oranges that I'm going to ship out to the best LinkedIn profile. So if you'd like to participate or just participate for fun, uh, just connect with me on LinkedIn. You can just search for my name and then send me a message on LinkedIn saying you're entering the contest. We have a few people have already entered. And so I'm excited to review your profiles and more importantly, to be able to connect with you and stay in dialogue with you about what you're gaining from the show and what you'd like to see the show do in the future. Reminder that the deadline to submit for the LinkedIn Citrus Challenge is on Monday, September 2nd, 2013 here. So if that's something that interests you, just drop me a note on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you and I'd love to dialogue with you. And uh, thanks to everyone who reached out to me this week with uh, comments and questions. I so very much appreciate it. It's great to get connected with uh, even more folks. Hey, thank you this week to Luciana Perestas, uh, someone named Ayana, Kodana Brown, Marie Patton. Marie, it was great to talk with you over email this week. I'm so glad to have you as a listener. And Josika Lathrop. Josika, thanks for the message. I will definitely get back to you soon if I haven't already by the time that this airs. And thank you all of you for subscribing to my weekly article this past week. I do publish an article each week that'll give you a booster shot between shows on how to lead better by giving you some advice on improving your communications, human relations, or personal productivity. If you'd like to get that in your inbox each week, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And you also get access to my video overview and guide on 10 books that will make you a better leader. It's a great starting point for your leadership development if you're looking for something to get you started. And lots more, of course, coming on this show in the future as well. Hey, it's great to be able to talk with you each week. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. And if there's anything I can do for you, leave a message on the website or send me an email. I'd love to chat. Have a great week, everyone, and talk to you next week.